We introduced Henry Stimler to this audience a while back. And the most recently, you can, if you search his name, you'll see his uh, political commentary and his opinion in places like the Algeminer, Times of Israel, Expat Nation. And uh, he uh, describes himself, and uh, we do as well, as a businessman, an entrepreneur, a historian, somebody who's European educated and has a very interesting perspective, and in many ways a straightforward perspective of what's happening on the European continent these days. Henry Stimler, welcome back to JM in the AM. Thank you. Good morning. Nice to have you. Move a drop closer. There you go. So here we are in yet another terror-filled situation on the continent of Europe. Yes. And um, uh, what's interesting about the whole thing is that the, the world reaction is so diverse. So many things going on from news outlets that don't want to show cartoons now, and they feel that's the best way to handle it. Obviously, to the other extreme, people taking to the streets and showing solidarity with those who were so brutally murdered. What was your reaction when you heard what happened in Paris yesterday? Um, the first thing I thought was that it can definitely not be uh, a random act, like a random lone attack. I felt this was very well planned out, very th- well thought out, very patient attack. You know, there hadn't been a, a very bad cartoon since uh, for quite a while that had really offended the Muslim community. So it was a few years had gone past since the riots over Muhammad being pushed by a Hasidic Jew. That was what started the How flame. long ago was that? I think it was in 2000 and I think it was two, three years ago. I'm not quite sure. So this was very patient attack, not scared to go up against police, looked like moves with military training. So it, it was something different. It wasn't just a car ramming into passengers. It was also a very political target, hitting free speech, uh, hitting the press. Of course, the press is going to be up in arms about it. But I think we, we lose sight of the much larger picture with these attacks. And, and what it is, if you look throughout the history of these terrorist attacks, they're very sporadic. And they never double down. Very rarely will they double down. They'll hit one country, and then there'll be a period of silence, and then they'll hit another country in a completely different region. Like it will start with an attack in Europe, and then they'll hit somewhere in North Africa or somewhere in the Middle East. They don't double down because they know if they keep on needling the bear, then a reaction has to happen and something greater has to come about of it. And they know they can't have that. So they hit, they cause this tremendous... Uh, anguish for people, but then they they go away, and so they're the faceless enemy. But you're you're, you're describing then a very well coordinated international effort. Oh, absolutely. And you'd be linking, including Australia and the uh, cafe, and all this together. No, I wouldn't, because those two random acts seem like random. Uh, insane people picking up the words of, right. of the prophet. So they're Muhammad. related, but they're, but they're, they're related through, ide- they were through ideology, through, right. through an ideology, right. through, through, through a misjudged ideology that's a very violent ideology. But I don't think they have anything connection to here. I think this was something that had a connection more to 9-11-7-7, something that was very well planned out, very well executed. They had three pitch running battles with police. They shot police. Another policewoman has died today right. of her injuries yesterday. They weren't scared to go in and take on quite a, a, a target, a, Police protected target. Most people see a police car and they'll say, all right, we'll, we'll hit something lighter. But this, this was very well coordinated, very well planned out. But you won't see anything like this for a while now. They'll wait for the fur to die down because they don't want to create something they can't control. I think that's the strategy, and I think that's what's working so well for them. But if we, if we would list terror attacks in just in France over the last few months... We'd, ha- we'd, ha- we'd have a comprehensive list, wouldn't we? We'd have three. We'd have this right. and two attacks, but two lone star attacks that will, the press will, will push off and say is mentally mental people. Rightfully or not? 
who knows? You must say that someone who doesn't perpetuate such a crime can't be sound of mind, sound of body. Or he's either incredibly brainwashed and incredibly crazy. So to so ram a car into a, into a pedestrian audience doesn't seem like a well-thought-out planned action which takes money and guns. This yesterday, they had a rocket-propelled grenade launcher in a right. country that has very few weapons. They came in with an RPG. So where do they get that from? Right. This has been... And, and acted in a military fashion. Correct, and correct. Be- moved, be- in, moved in right. a military way. Moved e- in a military e- way. Right, correct. Even, even the way they meandered back to the yeah. car seemed yeah. like they were in military control. And, and if you look at history, and, and, and history is a great barometer for the future, you'll see that for any country to really shrug off the the inability of isolation, not really doing anything, it needs a sustained perpetual attack. America, before the Second World War, lived in a, a wonderful isolationist Correct. place. They didn't want to get involved. Correct. It took Pearl Harbor to motivate them to get involved. It took Churchill to come and talk to them. Till, but they'd seen what the Nazis were doing all the time. They right. see the terrible things right. that the, the yeah, fascists yeah, had done. Kids today don't realize how long it took for the it took, US it took to get took a long, in, right? long time. So it's going to take the world a long, long time to marshal and do something about this. Till then, you're fighting a very faceless enemy. An enemy that you can't really fight with because they'll just drift back and go back under the covers and wait again, and then another cell will open up. This is a very difficult right. fight. It, that we're it, fighting. Is, is it winnable then? I mean, we we knew where Normandy was. We we knew where to land in Europe I, I and think, where to start the attack. What do we do now? This, this is it's completely different, and this is very much to do with with Europe's open borders. So you actually have the enemy within. It is no longer right. a border. You've got right. the enemy living in Paris, right. living in London, living, and in, one could argue living in New York. Correct. Right. Well, I don't think it's. Really really affect okay, America that much. Right. But, but, so, and also, you don't really have the, the players on the international stage that will propel us there. You've got lots of moving parts. There's lots of anonymous clouds in the horizon. You know, you've got Turkey making a lot of noise. You've got Iran. You've got lots of different players. But the characters haven't been set yet. It's coming. Something is coming. We're, we're heading towards some sort of, of, of collision course. Unless... There is major reform. I think we have to discuss this. We have, faith, we have respect for all religions, be it Christianity, Islam, Buddhism, whatever it is. But the conversation has to change to there really needs to be reform. There really needs to be modernization and change. And that seems to be the antithesis of what people want to do. They don't want to have that conversation. They'll all all the, the, the Muslim preachers will come out and say, this is not Islam right. and this is not us and we haven't done this and the people who do this are not in the name of God. But ultimately, they won't address the real core issue that in the Quran, the book that you live by, there are certain rules that apply to the Middle Ages that no longer apply today. And I understand you can't change something, but then you have to make fatwas to modernize the book. The right. first part of the book is very full right. of love and peace. The second right. part is but, full of yes. But when such a high percentage, and this goes back to the um, to the uh, significant minority issue, I forgot I forgot what they call it in that uh, famous discussion uh, about you know that the majority of, of Muslims are in fact peace loving and you know like the like the rest of people etc. But but they are essentially irrelevant, right? They correct. are I mean, they co- don't make a difference. Correct. So so if, and, and if silence, in fact, silence is capitulation. So one second. So yes. if in fact five percent, ten percent, twenty percent, or one percent of a specific religion is as radical as these terrorists and others would lead us to believe they are. What makes you think that they could sit down and start to discuss accepting change or making some type of drastic, you know, wholesale change that will apply to all of these radical people? It's going to be very, very difficult. Um, Is it possible? 
I think everything's possible. And you've, you have to understand that if, it's, if there is no change, then the world is set on a collision course between two totally different ideologies. The ideology of, of, of a fascist ideology, which seems to be a fascist ideology, preaching a master race and world domination and complete right. control of Sharia law, versus the, the, the democracy, freedom, light, happiness. So uh, freedom of religion, freedom of speech. So if they don't change the trajectory, then there will be a large explosion. It's going to come. It only takes, for every reaction, for every action, there's a reaction. Now, what is this going to cause? We're going to see a, a tremendous popularity of the right wing in, in Germany, for example. Two days ago, you saw 17,000 right. people march through Brandenburg Gate shouting at Salafists. You know, so it, I think Germany will be the first, even with their, their history, they will be the first to rise up against this invasion of their culture, of their nationalistic pride. And that will be a very adverse reaction. Marie Le Pen will come into power in France. And, that, and if you have the right wing coming into power, you've got these two opposing forces. They're going to smash head on. But what happens when the right wing is in power in places like Germany and France? Let's take your prediction for a moment, you know, as fact. Uh, when you're dealing with a population, I don't. Maybe you could tell us the percentages. What percentage of French and German populations today, you know, have Muslim roots? Well, it's very large. In France, you've got about five million just in Paris alone. I think you've got. I think the and what's the total population of France? It's uh, it's. 40, 50 million. So, I mean... It's a small... It's, a, it's not a massive number. One could say that's small, but, but also but, but one could say it's is, rather significant. But let's, let's just look forward, look into the future if we can and, and kind of see where it'd go. So, so let's say you have a, a, a rise of the far right, right wing. You have a radical, very tough, very strong, anti-religion, anti-Islamist uh, power coming, into, coming into, into government. And they will go and try and impose their will and their doctrine on these people, it's going to create a tremendous clash. And then you've got Turkey, who Edwin thinks he's the protector of the, of, the, right. of the people, taking them back to Ottoman era, that will stand up. And then you've got Khomeini in Iran. And, and something will, if the, the biggest advantage we've had over this, this horrible doctrine has been the lack of cohesiveness from different Muslim countries. To the outsider, it looks like they are pretty cohesive, frankly. <laughs> but they're not. They're, they're a very fractured people. Sunni, Shia, Yazidis, uh, Al-Qaeda, Al ISIS, Al-Nusra. ISIS, Al you know, they keep on, it's like the head of the atom keeps on splitting. From one comes another one, comes another one, comes another, each, each one more radical than the other, with very little coordination between all of them. But if something was to unite them, something which is always scary, which hasn't happened since... Uh, the Yom Kippur War, which was the last time two Arab countries worked together in an attack, which was Syria and Egypt. Before that was the Six Day War, which right. again, which was a disaster. But since then, they're a very fractured people. So let's say something would pull them all under one umbrella. They're a ferociously scary thing to go against. So we have to stop that trajectory head on. And the way to do that is to bring up the question of change of modernization and that has to come from the politicians the leaders which is again something very difficult because the leaders of arab countries and the leaders of modern countries are not the most enlightened yeah you know. i don't think they would have any interest in it that they i think i think cc from egypt uh, just gave a gave a speech saying that we have to reform right. that we have but, to look into these laws but egypt always seems to be the exception when it comes and to he's this. also trying to cement his his power by getting rid of the Islam, uh, islamic brotherhood right. it's a very very difficult thing it's not an easy thing but, but, but also but it's a mindset that the, but is that the only solution? In other words, if we go ahead and, you know, it's funny, a moment ago, Henry Stimler is here. A moment ago, you mentioned <laughs> that, that you don't look at New York at the moment as part of this whole terror target picture, which we could argue back and forth. Yeah, I mean, 2011, of course. Yeah, I mean, there have been, there've been uh, yeah, the Boston bombing, of course, have been different. You mean 9-11? 9-11, right. yeah. I mean, 2001. Right, 2001. Sorry, 2001 but, sorry. But, no, but, even with, but I'm saying today, today, we could, even today, one can make the argument, if you're ready to take my position, 
position that the Australia Cafe attack is in fact linked to this because of ideology, because of incitement, then of course we could bring some American episodes also into the whole uh, equation. Fort Hood, for instance, and others. I mean, you know, the, yes. they would also be cause. But let's say for a moment that you know the, the New York, for some reason, for whatever reason, you know, New York has not been hit by the same um, you know strain of terrorism that we've seen in Europe. Is it coming here? Is it, it? Don't you agree that especially with the ISIS attitude and the way we see people internationally joining the organization, that in fact we are going to be a legitimate target very, very soon? I think America is always a legitimate target, being the bastion of freedom and the protector of freedom. But I think what you said about ISIS is a very, very interesting point. I think even though ISIS poses a very small threat on the ground, what they have created is this wonderful, not wonderful, this terrible network of reaching younger, right. very great uh, recruitment, great recruitment, brilliant drive, great, right. very cool videos. And these two guys, they say, that did perpetuate this attack had been fighting in Iraq right. and Syria. So ISIS has propelled this ideology onto the masses through social media, and it's very, very dangerous. But again, you don't have a clear enemy in sight. It's very hard to fight an ideology. Right. See, I think you're, it, it, it feels like you're arguing my point. In other words, you're, you're, you're here here saying there's a solution to this or there's a way to, you know, once these two... If we don't find a solution, we're heading for a, a third world war. I understand, but usually that is the solution. In other words, if you look at history and you said history is a good barometer, it is usually a world war or some war, some type of war that in fact does derail this type of... You know, the Cold War may be the exception. But uh, otherwise, usually these things come to a head, in fact, with yeah. war. Uh, after the Second World War, um, Nazi, Nazis disappeared. Right. 80 million right. Germans, and everyone said they had Jews. Correct. They couldn't find a single Nazi. They buried Correct. their uniforms and burnt them, Correct. and the whole ideology disappeared. Correct. This won't ever disappear. This will be a perpetual war for years and years to come unless there are fundamental changes within the doctrine of Islam. It's a, it's a good religion, so I'm sure it's got wonderful things, but there have to be significant changes. You know, people always say, oh, the Jewish Bible's full of violence and, right. and full of terrible things, which is and true. And pro-slavery. But, yeah, all right, but, right. but it doesn't matter because we modernized the right. religion. You've adjust, religion. We've adjusted. We right. you know, they didn't have a hot plate 300 right. years ago. Right. You know, they didn't have a Shabbos kettle. Right. You adjust and you, you keep on moving. But to keep a religion that was relevant in the 7th century as the law of the word today and to follow those archaic and, and crazy laws, which I'm sorry, crazy, but very, very right. kind of middle-aged laws is a terrible problem which will cause us to have a head-on collision. So the people that are in charge, but you don't see these leaders, they're too scared to, to, to go against this massive rolling monster that is you can't criticize, you can't question the word of, um, of Muhammad is the final word. That makes conversation very, very difficult. So when Jews leave France and go to Israel now, it, it's likely not only because of fear, it's also because they don't see the hope that you might see down the road. One of the editors yesterday, the, the guest editor at this magazine, has written a book where he, he, has a, he puts France in the place where they have a Muslim majority and it's turned into a Sharia country because they went through the role of democracy. Right. They, got, they had the majority, they voted in their, in their prime minister, and then he changed all the rules. A very controversial book. That's something that will definitely happen, you know. There's the population growth continues to grow and they continue to spread. This will happen. They will start to use democracy to an advantage. Look, you look at a bus, he's right, finally figured out. Look, I can use, I can harness public yeah. opinion and go through the de democratic channels. He, he's refined his propaganda Co machine. Correct, correct, correct. And he's seen, he's found a loophole. They've found a way to get in there. Mm -hmm. by, and that's what will happen ultimately in Europe if, if we don't reform, if we don't come to a... a, a place where we can both live happily together. But if we have these two opposing ideologies, one of freedom, one of harsh, strict laws in the name of a, of a God, 
then it, Europe will look like, a, like it did in 1945 when it smoldered in, in dust and ashes. Henry Stimler is here. He's a businessman and entrepreneur. That's how we originally met him. He has written extensively for places like Algeminer, Expat Nation, Times of Israel on issues dealing with uh, Israel and its uh, neighbors and, of course, uh, the situation that we're discussing now in terms of Islam and its place in this world. Is France, you're an observer, it's obvious from your accent where you're from, uh, you're an observer of what's going on in Europe, is France now the hotbed of this terrorism and the most difficult place for Jews to live? How do you compare Germany, Spain, Italy, and of course your home country? How would you, how would you rank them, if you would? I think you see from it that the numbers never lie. They're just the, the most truthful barometer. And you That's see the data. The, the data. And you see just a, a, a somewhat, again, a mass exodus out of France. Right. 15,000 Jews went up by 55%. I believe they've had so many in Christ to leave the country. I think it's also got to do with the economy as well. France's economy is floundering. It's very Compared different. to other European countries? Compared to other European countries. Germany, on the other hand, is, is a very dominant force. Germany, we, we really have to look at and, and see where they're going because they're very strong. They're the, they're the, the powerhouse of the EU. Do you know, they've, they've achieved greatness again, a very strong a financial force and they've got a lot of anger in them because of what they call Salafists, they call Islam uh, that could metastasize and be something very very scary but for that to happen you have to have the right players you have to have the right personalities like in the Second World War you had Roosevelt, Churchill and, and Stalin and, 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 uh, and Hitler here we don't really have the players yet it's going to take something very big for us to come to this culmination but we are heading that way we are, these little attacks will continue 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 till the guys are all lined up and all the different parts of the chessboard line up for this great explosion you have to look at it it's Iran. interesting you think that's going to happen I think, we've, I think we're on that, tr- that path, of course. Yeah. I don't know why these people would ever identify themselves or take credit for being the head of these, of these terror organizations, frankly. Because they think <laughs> they're doing the right thing. They even feel- ISIS, we've never even gotten an indication of who the clear leader or, 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 cha- or, or board of directors is of ISIS. Yeah, we just have no clue at this point. Yep, Tell me about your home country. What's, what's happening there with the Jewish community? You've got UKIP uh, that's getting a lot of support and getting a lot of power. The anti-immigration body, especially as they keep on doing, as, as Muslims in the name of Allah keep on doing these things, if there is, it will keep on pushing the popularity of these very fringe right-wing groups which will really upset the balance of power. You have some radical people that will want to be in power, and that will really affect the whole demographic of Europe. Is, Europe. is that why they avoid terror attacks in certain countries? Like and, and, they, and there may be less in England than in France, or that's not part of their calculation? I don't think part of their MO. I don't think they really care about that. I just think what I've seen, if you look at a pattern, they tend not to hit the same country multiple times. It's one and go get underground, go hit another country, keep on keeping them scared, fractured, but never enough for them to come together and say, how do we combat this in a real way? How do we have the real conversation? What do you think of the news outlets that decided not to print those cartoons at this it's, point? It's very scary. Come on. Let, let, you know, it's very good to stand there and pretend and yell, you've got to be brave. But and they free. fly-bombed that building. They just shot 12 people. It's, it's not a, listen, it wasn't a wonderful thing that they did, you know, it's a caricature of, of their God, it, but from other religions it would cause a lot of letters, it wouldn't cause people right. armed gunmen to come in. It may even cause a few demonstrations, yeah, but not violence. But not violence. So it, I can understand some people being scared, you know, the New York Times, who proclaims to be the greatest right. literary body of, of, of news, I can understand they don't want their lovely officers to be firebombed, so they're a little bit scared. I can understand that Fox News and these TV shows, these large conglomerates, it's, a, it's something to take into mind, but Hitting, hitting the press 
should galvanize them and give them some hair on their chest to be able to stand together. It's, it's sad to see that they can't, that they haven't all made a unanimous stand against this and just had the balls to publish. And, and when it. you see the uh, some people blame Israel for what happened yesterday, have you seen that, by uh, the way? Yeah, of course, too, too rabid. Right. It's, it's, it's nonsense. We can't turn this towards Israel. This, the last thing we want to do is bring Israel into this because Israel is the one thing that unifies these people. It unifies all the crazies under one banner. Let, let's leave Israel totally out of it. That's why. Is it, yeah, I'm sorry. That's why I think uh, the, the Palestinian problem is such an issue for them, because it's they, they feel that that's a real just cause. And if we fix the just cause, then all the other insanity will go away. Right. The Palestinians have a just cause, but it, that's they not, don't realize they that don't it's got do nothing it. to do with just cause. It's got nothing to do with land. It's got nothing to do with homes and olive fields and, and all that. It's just an ideology. But Europe doesn't understand that. And at much to my chagrin, they keep on propelling and pushing this peace thing. And, and That was one of the things you wrote about, how not just peace, but you, you mentioned the BDS movement and how people in England and other areas you know, have used their own institutions to go against Israel. And, and, and you, your, your reaction sort of was, when you wrote about it, you know, do you want the entire region to look like Gaza? Do you want, you know, is this, is this something that, you know, you strive for? Yeah, to they're, 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 I, wrote, uh, I wrote an article saying that uh, when, you, when you champion a cause, you should want the cause to, to be for the good of humanity. Right. And look at what we've got. You know, why would Palestine be the first democracy in the Middle East if no <laughs> others are a democracy? If they, and every time you've tried to, we've tried to impose democracies on Arab countries, it's been a terrible failure. Look at Yemen now, in complete disarray. Right. The, two, the, the elections in Egypt, the large Middle Eastern country, uh, being that he got pushed out by a, by a military coup. You know, that, that's a very big difference, I feel. Winston Churchill always used to say that uh, people love to work for the state. They love to be servants of the state. Right. But I think the Arab mindset is they want to be masters of the state, and that's very difficult. So democracy doesn't work when you want to be a master. It only works when you want to be a servant to the people. So, so yeah, so I champ- and I said, look at, look, just look at what the West Bank is, and look at what Gaza is. What are, you, what are you championing? They're ill-equipped to deal with it. They can't build homes and hospitals and provide work. There's rampant corruption. And all of a sudden, you want to give them a state, and you'll have all the Lebanese refugees flood back into, into the West Bank, and they won't be able to handle that. They'll be just a disaster. They'll tear each other apart from the innards. But... Uh that's what that's what the world wants. That's what the world wants to see. Well, it's what they want because it's how they feel about Israel. Correct. It's their attitude about Israel yeah. that, that dictates. Yeah, and all, but also our narrative has changed. The Jewish people's narrative has changed tremendously over the last hundred years, and it's very difficult for the world to see that and understand that. You know, the the, the downtrodden Jew is no longer the downtrodden Jew. We are a very powerful country, a very powerful nation, and that's also very difficult for them to handle. And they they want to impose their will back on us because they're so used to imposing their will back right. on us. That's how it's been for thousands of years. Right. We just said yes and nodded ahead, and we'll put our. And, as, right. as, e- even we expected. That's how common it is yeah. for two thousand years. Yeah, <laughs> <Did> you know, <laughs> uh, I think Nachman Bialystok, the great poet, said, "said we we lay our head on the chopping block. It's here, just take it." We did that for years, and all of a sudden we're changing that narrative, and that's very hard for for Europe to understand. And on top of that, I would say the narrative has changed even further over the last couple of years, where. Number one, Israel is so strong in terms of its economy, et cetera, which, which makes a difference. That's number one. But secondly, it's, it's fascinating to the outside observer how with all this going on, and we're talking about terror attacks and the hotbed of terrorism, and Israel, compared to the way they normally are when there are terror hotbeds, are sitting on the sidelines at the moment, or certainly more than you know when their intifada is going on and they're the target every single day. And, and, and I, I, it seems like the prime minister is sort of, you know, as active a role as he takes and as the government takes in the future of Israel, is sort of watching and observing to see the way things are going before making any decisions. I think that's smart. I think that's very clever. And these attacks may help our cause. I don't think they will. But if there is another one and another one, they keep perpetuating these things, then people will hope 
hopefully start to wake up. But I doubt that will happen. Again, as I said, from, from analysing years and years of terrorist attacks, they know not to kick the hornet's nest enough to create... 9-11 uh, was, was the one well-planned right. out attack that caused such a crazy reaction. Big, we big game two, changer. Yeah, it was a big game changer. Till then, there's no, been no real massive game changes. There was 9-11, 7-7. Right. But these were all part of one great plan. He wanted to propel this war. Uh, but now, I don't think they want that. But again, we've got to watch Turkey. We have to watch Iran. We have to watch the world oil because oil is a huge factor right now. America's allowed to export their oil. It's going to decimate the Middle Eastern economies. A lot of hungry, angry people could start marching for change or could start marching for war. You never know what you're going to get. But that's a huge, huge factor as the economies in the Middle East are no longer dominant factors because of America's oil. That's really going to change the, the geopolitical map as well. Wow. How do people access what you've written uh, or maybe you want to give a Facebook? I'm a uh, ferocious tweeter. So you can follow me. On, yes, follow me on Twitter. It's my name, Henry Stimler. And... Uh, and I also write a lot on my Facebook page as well. So, and I also publish quite a bit. And I'm, I'm writing a, an article now about that Europe is predominantly the sick child of the world. We have such a misconception. We think the Middle East is sick. Yeah. But that's not. That's just the way they've lived for years and years and years. If we would have left if, you know, under these tough dictatorships, tough leaders held into place, it's worked. That system has worked. Every time we're trying to impose democracy, it's been a disaster. But Europe, on the contrary, has always been the sick child of Europe from the Crusades, the, the Habsburg, the First World War, the Second World War, it's always been the hotbed of, of, of right-wing fascism. So here we have two fascist ideologies that could come head-to-head. -head. We've got the fascist ideology of fundamental terrorist Islam and the fundamental ideology of, of fascist nationalistic pride that could come and, and cause a real problem for us. But hasn't the fascist nationalistic pride segment really been watered down tremendously over the last many decades? But you, but you, yeah, of course, but you see it. You and see it, it can be emerges. revived? You see the snake emerging from, from his hell. You know, 17,000 to march in, 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 Hubs, in, in Germany. You know, that's who, significant. That's huge because they've got such a horrible past, and they they've talked so much about. And the French demonstrations from yesterday. That the also French were very you? peaceful. I, I must say, I, I'm not uh, a fan of the French. I'm, right. I'm never been a, so not side. not as as no, passionate. They, as, they weren't militant. It wasn't right. a militant neo-Nazi march. It was holding pens in the right. air, holding signs. I will not be afraid. It was more of a peaceful demonstration. But the, the marches in Germany have a very militant feel to them. Very angry. You know, you've got these skinheads marching again under the banner of national socialism, and they've they've done. 17,000 people and there were, there were marches all over Germany and, and, and Angela Merkel is trying to stem that flow but ultimately the people will decide and this continues to rise then you will see the most powerful country in Europe go back towards the way it went that left in the 1945 it's, it's a little bit scary I think we have to keep an eye on that very interesting and you didn't mention Russia at all in all of this I think Putin has enough problems right now. I don't think he's going to want to play on this stage. I think he's going to—he's fighting for his life right now. The valuation of the ruble, oil—he—he's uh, he, got much bigger problems. And right are now. they a terror target, or as, just as much as anybody else? They have point? been. They've right. attacked the train station, forty Correct. police officers. I guess so. I think everybody's a terror target right. for these people. But I don't think—I think this is not on his forefront of his mind. On the forefront of his mind right now is—is is, uh, Obama's economic sanctions and uh, and how to put his country back on its feet. So once we see uh, places like Canada and Australia being terror targets, and again, you know my position, I would put them in the same categories. The others you may not. Uh, we see that everybody, in fact, is a terror target yeah. on this globe at this point. And I think also um, Obama doesn't fight the way we want him to fight, which I, I, I think we have to also touch on that as well. You know, a lot of people don't like him and say horrible things and say he's a terrible man. And, and uh, his, his record will speak for itself. But he fights, he uses money 
right. as, as, a, as a weapon, right. which is very smart. He doesn't want to put pe- feet on the ground. He doesn't right. want to put sh- shoulders on the, on, on the ground. And it's been somewhat effective. It's been somewhat effective. Right. You know, you can't knock it. And now they're talking about pulling funding from, from the PA, right. which will just crush the PA, which right. wouldn't be the best thing in the world either, for, for applying to the ICC. You know, they really never miss an opportunity to miss an opportunity. <laughs> it's so true what Abby even said. But this will just cause more problems. And then they'll think they'll, they'll make it up from, from Turkey and Qatar. We'll give them the money. But we know that's not true. Right. 4.5 the, the, billion was pledged. Ain't coming through. Uh, never came through the first time or the second time or the third time. You know, <laughs> lie to me what, for me once, as Bush said. But they, they still think they'll get that. They just don't. They, leadership is what's really, really missing in the Middle East. And I think leadership is, is so key. And they're missing those leaders. Henry Stimler, he's, uh, he's a writer, a businessman, an entrepreneur, and an observer of what's happening in this world of ours. Uh, when you were on holiday, did you go back to the old country or you just went on vacation? No, I was just in Florida. That's it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just went to Florida. Because you were in Great Britain at some point I was, in the last yes, couple yes, of yes, months, yes, right? Yes, yeah. I went for my brother made bar mitzvah. There so you I went go. There. Yeah. Mazel tov thank to you. you. Thank you. Thank you. Very and much. a word about why American football is much better than soccer, or you're not touching on that this it's morning? It's four hours long. <laughs> what is it? It's four hours long, so it gives you something to do for the whole <laughs> afternoon. That's the reason? It's, it's a time. <laughs> that time. is the reason. No, no, no. no. They're, both, they're both equally equal. Let me ask you a question. Where, what do you think? Where do you think we're going with all of this? Do you think this will just be a perpetual, ongoing thing, or do you think we are heading to a clash? Do you see dark clouds on I, I believe, and I think we've seen that you talk about history being a barometer. Um, only leaders with backbones can make a real change, especially in a serious situation like this. So, you know, you mentioned Merkel. Maybe we'd consider, you know, uh, m- maybe she's got somewhat of a backbone. I don't know. You know, we'd have to evaluate whether, in fact, we think she well, does. Well, that's about it if she stays in power. Right. But the majority of those in, in key positions for this battle. I believe do not have what it takes. Which is which is BS. okay, which is good because we, d- you need those characters, and those characters can propel us to a, to a culling of Europe again, and a lot of death and a lot of destruction. So it's maybe better that we have these somewhat limp-wristed leaders right now that don't want to make these very tough decisions, and we'll just let it keep on going. It's, you, you, it's yeah. a Chamberlain situation. I, you know? I, excuse the sports reference. You make it sound like the New York Knicks. You know, let's clean house, get to the rock bottom, and then you know, then we'll rebuild society. I wouldn't want to see us go back. To I it. understand, but that's what it sounds like. like it's, you know, it's not going to. Like be. You, you, it sounds like you're saying that that would be acceptable if need be. You know, to, to the, solve this. The, the chance of getting attacked by a terrorist attack is is close to zero in the world. It's it's a very small. Right, more of a chance of getting hit by a car correct, crossing the street, correct, the whole routine. Correct, correct, correct. So, so last time, look what it did last time. After 9-11, we went into to Afghanistan, that's one thing, but we went into Iraq, and look what it started. Look what it's left us. It's left us in a terrible position. The, the Middle East has become the Wild West. You've got ISIS that have taken over large parts of Iraq and large parts of Syria. They're, they're, they're calling people to their flag in great numbers, young, not the smartest people, running to the banner of, of jihad. And that's an America. We have a little bit to blame because of that. We are, we are Bush's policies were a little bit to blame because of, of that. I we can't take it away. So for every action, there's a reaction, and that reaction has propelled, started a chain of not such good reactions. And under the banner of ISIS or the Islamic Caliphate, we could see ourselves heading towards something much more than we've seen for many, many years, when it's just been factions fighting for their name to get out there and for, and for, for press. <sighs> to be uh, to be continued, and I guess to be seen. What will happen in this? Amazing world of ours. I thank you for joining me here today. Thank you very much for having me. Henry Stimler. You can check him out on Twitter, at Henry Stimler. And as I said, places like the Algaminer, Expat Nation, Times of Israel, uh, print his work. He is, uh, aside from being an entrepreneur, he's a historian and a keen observer what's happening, especially on the European continent. More coming up on this very interesting Thursday. This is JM in the AM.